0: please listen carefully welcome to the rick and don show two dudes a podcast and some laughs
1: prepare to be underwhelmed
0: and away we go awesome uh so we are welcome 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 back for a, another episode of the rick and don show uh one this week where as soon as i hit record i don't seem to have any uh nasal issues this week so hopefully that that'll uh That'll continue throughout the the rest of the episode. (laughs) Um, It's awesome when I I go into editing and and basically I I just keep track of timestamps of when I sneeze or blow my nose so that I can, you know, go ahead and and, uh, edit that out for for me. Um, But, you know, it it works, so it's fine.
1: Yes, 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 yes. No, I'm usually just uh, all over the place anyway, so.
0: So this in uh, the the prep work for for this week, I mean, coming up to it, this is one that actually gave me a little bit of, uh, I would say, anxiety almost as far as prepping mm-hmm. for this uh, and, and some of the work that, that we had talked about doing um, a while ago. Now I'm trying to think, maybe back in in Marchish, we had brought that up um, as far as a uh, like a top ten characters across all of media, uh, et cetera. So that was. Um, based off of having our our first guest last week and kind of going into some of the stuff we wanted to talk about before, um, this makes sense to kind of figure out and, uh, and go from there into kind of the next one of just doing our deep dive here. So, uh, kind of racking our brain and racking my brain and all of, uh, basically everything I've done since, or, you know, everything I've been interested in since, uh, uh, I you know remember cognition uh, and pulling all the the different characters and stuff out of there and putting one on a list was a hell of a lot harder than I thought it was so uh, I don't know how it went for you
1: I uh, so I came to realize that I I uh, I like it's weird like because I've never like so I've never actually come up with a top ten uh, a list um. <laughs> and, and like the it was really interesting just to see uh, what I kind of liked and I wanted to make sure that I was pulling from a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. so I, I think I did a good job of pulling from all over the place so
0: that's what I, I was trying to do I'll, I'll end up uh, um, you know afterwards we can recap like where some of the or basically what forms of, of media they, they came from where uh, I know, a few of mine, I I wish, uh, uh, I had some more variation to it, but there's a a good representation across, uh, books, TV, movies, comics, stuff like that. So, so I I have a decent amount. I I expect to see uh, a little bit more variation in yours where I was, uh, specifically going into it and making sure that I had some variation at, at places. Um, but then also knowing that, uh, eventually it was going to converge because every all of these characters are everywhere now anyway so it doesn't really matter as far as...
1: <laughs> they're all over the place yeah the,
0: the current representation of them
1: i will uh, i will get get a spoiler out now for the list i uh, did not pick any uh any plays okay. um i thought about it and then i realized i just kind of like couldn't really think of any characters that um that are universally like loved in theater outside of like some um some other stuff. So I, outside of like Shakespeare and some specific plays. And I'm not really big into Shakespeare. And um there's very few times I've seen a play or seen a character in a play and just been like I've gone like, oh man, I'd like to play this person, but mm-hmm. I've never really been like this person connects with me on so many different levels.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, even though, I mean, they are, it is a pretty big medium. And now, like, with the resurgence of Hamilton and a lot of the other stuff there, I mean, they end up having a, a decent uh, kind of mainstream notoriety, but it mm-hmm. still ends up being where, like, saying plays, like, I mean, the the only thing that, that I mean, I can't really think of any, like, any mainstream characters that, that get a lot of notoriety um, that really don't, Kind of tend to veer into the like the musical genre, which mm-hmm. which I guess is you know it's still a valid genre, a valid medium, but it's still kind of uh, unfortunate that that's like the the way it ends up being, um, as opposed to like having something there where there's just more notoriety to stand on its own. Um, yes.
1: Yeah, like plays are just one of those things where it's it's weird. Like I studied theater for so long, I was in a few plays, and it just. Which is weird. And I've never. I don't know. It's. I was never. I've never been a terribly good artist when it comes to this kind of stuff. Where I've never been overly excited to create. Um. <laughs> because it's something I usually do. You know, uh, like a lot of good character work happens when I'm by myself. A lot of you know, like I write by myself. So it's all. Um. I don't know. I've never been like so you know man. oh man i'd love to do this character from mm-hmm. from death of a salesman to like other people i don't know it's just weird oh.
0: Well, <laughs> um, and, well that's what and then depending on, on kind of what you're uh, no, I mean, now you bring up death of a salesman. I mean, that's one I, I did read. And, uh, I mean, now I have a hell of a lot more perspective on Willie Loman than, uh, than, uh, <laughs> you know, at the time in high school where like, uh, that, that probably would have been the best, uh, you know, uh, high school homework assignment ever is like, yeah, read this in 30 years and then we'll have a conversation <laughs> about it. Um, because you, you I don't, I mean, I understand the concept of you only have English class when you're in high school, but you know, I, I would have much more use out of that, you know, uh, when I was 25, 35, et cetera, as opposed to when I'm, you know, 15, 16. So that's a hell of a lot different perspective there, but that's one that I can definitely get behind. Yeah, those are one
1: of my uh... – yeah, I could use English class now.
0: <laughs> and, and I mean like I know there's some friends and in, 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 uh, both, you know – ironically and unironically have book clubs, um, where they, some actually do, you know, read books and talk about them. And then some actually just buy the books and drink wine. Um, so it it goes both ways, but yeah, that, that would be something where, uh, you know, having that now and and giving structure to uh, a lot more of the, uh, um, kind of, uh, consumption would be a little bit better, uh, much more than, you know, just YouTube comment threads yeah no i mean
1: youtube comment are basically the 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 future of the world so um and the future of thought sharing so no they're pretty good i think you get a lot of really in-depth discussion and really deep forethought um unlike those terrible terrible instagram comments Mm
0: -hmm. yeah all, all the different forms of uh of uh social media there um, speaking of which, again, we are on Facebook. So uh, this is something that both of us are horrible at as far as actually plugging the podcast. Um, so we, we have the, the Facebook page. If you search us so uh, Rick and Don show there, uh, Twitter, we're Rick and Don show we're on iTunes. Uh, if you search us, we are there. So I added us to our podcast app to, to, to my podcast app, since we don't share a phone, um, uh, to, to make sure everything's looking good and, and going uh, as expected there, which, which it is. So that's, that's good. Um, and so we're, we're looking good there. So it's just, a you know, if questions, comments, reach out to us, you, I mean, everybody should know where to find us based on if you're listening to us, we should have it, but, uh, we should probably end up creating a bumper at the end that'll, that'll give out some of that info too, for, for folks that, uh, haven't followed so far. Yeah, no. It, yeah. I mean, all that's there.
1: Um, we're also on Twitter and we're also on all that good stuff We're on all of that good stuff. So Twitter, no Instagram, uh, I'm not one to take pictures
0: and yeah, I, I use Instagram maybe once a month. So that's not anything we're doing for the podcast either. So, I mean, we could just <laughs> take a picture of each time we record and post it, but that's, you know, not going to be anything different or anything varied since I imagine we're recording in the same place every time. So that's, you know, nothing fancy yep. that way.
1: Yep. I got my, uh, I got my chocolate, my, my, my candy, my candy, uh, mic stand with a little knitted bag over it as a, uh, as a wind screen, uh, wind screen, my can of a uh, computer, uh, my can of computer duster and get a, you know, take a couple a couple huffs off of that bad boy. <laughs>
0: get, get started.
1: Ready. Yeah. Get ready. And uh, a <laughs> little handkerchief in case I sneeze. Uh, a couple post-it notes that aren't even relevant anymore. I should have still post-it works from that post-it notes from that place. Just fucking filled up my backpack, but uh ah, missed opportunities in life.
0: Uh, and then, I mean, obviously, everything else that uh, uh, not going into you know illegalities of stealing office supplies. Um, we uh, we do have the, the website, which is just rickanddon.com, dot com, and that'll get you to, to obviously all of the episodes and, and all of the social media as well. Um, and you know, there may be a blog post from Don on you know the an expose of stealing office supplies sometime soon as well.
1: It's uh, here's hoping all those juicy office supplies. Mm-hmm. They're so good and such juicy.
0: All right, so we can uh, get into this week um, of what we're doing, which is our uh, top ten characters across all of media. Um, and so, what I would hope we do is, uh, you know, put an a upper limit on how long we want to go because if uh, both of us end up having this, we would end up having, um, you know, twenty characters between us, and kind of limit that between like two and three minutes a character. Um, so. Uh, luckily, if you Google countdown timer, Google actually provides you with a little awesome countdown timer stopwatch. So that's a, another little uh, Easter egg for you. Uh, Ooh. So, so that's pretty cool. So I've got that set to, to two minutes and, uh, you and I can go back and forth. I'll, uh, I'll let you kick it off. Um, and, uh, and we can go from there to to just kind of walk through our list.
1: All right. Uh, well, before we did, uh, did you have any honorable, honorable mentions?
0: Um, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I mean, I ended up, I put together the list and like right away, I knew the top three, like it, it that was a no brainer. Um, it, like it, it, was in the order and the more and more I like, uh, iterated on, like it, it, there's no way it could change. Um, but then like the rest of the list kind of fleshed itself out, but then I was looking at it and, um, when I'm programming for a while, like I'll stare at a word, I'll be like, that's not the way you spell that word. And it's like a five letter word that I've known since I was, you know, i I could walk upright. And so like I was looking at this list and it was a very similar phenomenon where I was like, this is more than 10. This is closer to 20. I thought it was 10, closer to 20, so it was kind of going back and forth. So like <laughs> I got it down to a functional list of 14. Then I was like, fuck it, I'll just put a line in here and I can't like I'll cover the top ten. <laughs> I'll go with the extra four later as far as just a quick hitter. But then I've got like a, I get a handful of honorable mentions as well. So, um, I've got like six honorable mentions that I can just kind of go through and that would kind of show you where the rest of some of mine may lead. <laughs> um, but then we'll go through like my top 10 and then I'll just jump through like the four extras that were kind of in limbo between honorable mention and just didn't make the cut for the top 10.
1: Sweet. So I guess I've got just one honorable mention. So what I did was I basically just, these are basically in no particular order. Um, part of my criteria for at least putting my list together, uh, was to pull from sources of media, um, some sources of media that people might be familiar with and some that, uh, might be new to people to see if there's, you know, um, to see if there's basically, uh, new things they would like to discover. Um, and I also went with, uh, some stuff I went, I tried to, I tried very hard not to, uh, uh, to come up with unique stuff so we didn't overlap so we could expose our listeners or okay. listener in Iowa to uh, many different, uh, many different things. So I guess I will save my honorable mention for later, um, which is good. And uh, we will start with, start with this. Um, so my honorable mention, uh, not my honorable mention, my, uh, my first in, in my top 10 uh, is from a movie. Uh, called Hard Candy, and uh, this one of my absolute favorite characters in that, and in, uh, in this, in, just in, uh, in cinema in general, I think it was uh, uh, adapted from a book is Haley Stark, uh, played by Ellen Page. Okay. Um, if you uh, are you familiar with Hard Candy? Uh,
0: I know of it. I've never, I've never uh, seen it, but it's as soon as you said it, it, it did come to mind. Um, but actually. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I may have seen it, but I can't recall. But hmm. I'll let you just uh, go into it.
1: Yeah, so uh, the basic plot of Hard Candy is Ellen Page plays a 14-year-old uh, who is interacting with a pedophile and basically flips the script and basically holds the pedophile hostage while trying to get some very important information out of him. Uh, that is the pedophile is played by Patrick Wilson. So uh, it's basically... Uh, the movie's whole setup sort of like a bottle and it's bottle plot and um They're it's pretty much just the two of them and it all takes place inside of patrick uh, patrick wilson's character's house. Um, and the character like, uh Just the actions I don't want to give away too much about it, but um, just the actions that the character takes, uh, is the character is incredibly smart uh, and conniving and very cunning um And it it's just one heck of a performance out of Ellen Page. Um, And uh, the character, that character is wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That character is absolutely wild.
0: Okay. Um, so is there this was, you said, from the from the movie and a book as well, or is I think it
1: might be a book. I feel like I feel like it might have been a book. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe not. Might have just been a movie, okay. Um, but yeah, so no, the characters from the from the uh, from the movie. Um, well, I guess only in movie. I just want to say something I'm terribly wrong, and I'm probably already doing that already. So, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, Patrick. Uh, oh my God, Patrick Wilson's character is uh, named Jeff, and uh, it's just insane. Just the interaction between. Um, just between just between the two actors and the two characters, uh, you just get a gambit. There's just a, an entire gambit of emotions that are getting played throughout this entire movie, and it's it's intense. It's, oh, like, awesome. it's good. It's, it's the, worth a uh, checkout.
0: The Google stopwatch even has a, a slight beep to it too, which I wasn't expecting. So that was uh, a <laughs> that was very audible in my ear there. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and mute that so I don't go deaf by the end of this recording. <laughs> All right, so let me go ahead and reset that. And I'll anything else you wanted to to wrap up with before we we jump ahead.
1: Uh, if you're not familiar with the movie, uh, I think it's worth a check out uh, just to see Ellen Page's character. And I think, well, yeah, I want to say basically because it's an ensemble thing, but um, it's one of the few main main character. Well, I, I picked a couple main characters, but I tried to I tried to jump around and. Try to spread out some of the love to some of the uh, support.
0: Yeah, so looking at my list, I mean, I've got it's mostly main characters. There's two that, or there's three that could arguably be um, argued as supporting characters, uh, but based on both instances of there, they're members of kind of a main threesome uh, mm-hmm. of characters. So it, it'll they'll work itself out. And so whether they're main characters or side characters is kind of uh, a point to be reckoned with later, but yeah, it's similar, similar to me.
1: <laughs> All right. So who do you have at uh, number 10, Rick? So number right. 10
0: for me is uh, it's a character that was started in a book um, and he, he was a popular character or just by a, a popular author from uh, a lot of other movie or a lot of other books that were turned into movies. Um, but the character itself came to fruition um on TV on the FX series Justified. Um and the character is Raylan Givens. Um okay. and so the the book was originally written um called Fire in the Hole by Elmore Leonard. He also wrote uh may as well start the clock. Uh he also he also <laughs> wrote uh Get Shorty, uh Out of Sight, um 310 to Yuma, um, and a lot of other things. And but like one of the ones that he he wrote for this was um called fire in the hole. And that was a short story about a, uh, um, a U S Marshal who lives in Kentucky. He was born and raised in Kentucky, uh, got out, went to Marshall school, uh, but then came back and basically, uh, he, he can't run from his past essentially. Um, mm-hmm. and like all of his, basically the, where he, where he's, goes back to in kentucky everything's just a shade of gray uh there's a drug trade uh prostitution etc but he's just a he's just wants to be a marshal but he always has uh this habit of trouble finding him um and so it ends up being where he's constantly trying to uh you know get away from his past but it keeps kind of pulling him back into it um he's he's good at his job he's really good at his job but that ends up obviously affecting his life he he's basically the lovable antihero. Um uh, mm-hmm. and I think you end up seeing that a couple of, uh, on a couple of picks on my here, uh, my list here where they're definitely lovable antiheroes. Um, because like he's the one you're rooting for, but he consistently makes bad decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. he's the one that, you know, you want to win. But if, if you know, if you were doing it yourself, you would say like, I'd never do that. Or I, I could never do this. Um, he's, he's amazingly portrayed by Timothy Oliphant in the, the FX series. Um, and like he's uh there's just everything from like uh uh gone in 60 seconds up to like, everything he's done kind of present day even like i am number four i've loved timothy it. and so the fact that like it's those two characters and i i think like it cements him for that just the way like it's it's delivered um is is really well done um and i mean as part of like a, a little bit of confession the i think it was like six or seven seasons that that uh uh, justified is on effects and I've never actually watched the series finale because I didn't want to kind of have that closure for it. Um, mm-hmm. whether wow. that's, whether that's stupid or, or anything else, but I mean, there's, there's a couple of shows that I was really let down <clears throat> Dexter, um, <laughs> by the, uh, by the series finale. Um, and so that was one where there was still a lot going on in uh, like leading up to it. And, it just one came up and I was like, I just, I don't want to, you know, finish it. So I'm sure I'll come back to it someday. Um, But I I think I'll probably end up wanting to kind of binge watch the whole series again, uh, similar to a couple other ones uh, that I, that i probably have uh, um, eh, on my list as well to to kind of go through. But that's, uh, that's my number 10 is Raylan Givens.
1: Oh man, that's awesome. That is awesome. I will have to, I'm actually not too familiar with Justified, but I will... I'll I'll put it in the little Kiwa stuff to watch. Um, so my uh, number, I guess number nine, uh, is uh, Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Uh, I don't think my list. I don't personally. I don't think my list. My a top ten list for me would be complete without a John Carpenter B movie. Um, uh, Jack Burton is played by Kurt Russell. And uh basically the plot to big trouble in little China is you have a white guy uh, who basically gets thrown into the middle of a, a kung fu movie and uh, who's helping his uh, who's helping his buddy try and find his girlfriend uh, and Jack Burton trip absolute trip uh, he fails spectacularly at everything he does in the movie. Um, <laughs> it's uh it's the movie it's it's full of humor uh almost all of that provided by jack burton uh, uh portrayed by uh by kurt russell mm-hmm. it's absolutely hilarious um <laughs> he if uh and that that film's actually gotten a little bit more popular recently i think what's hap- what's happened is that people have just started to run into john carpenter films to watch <laughs> um so but uh jack burton in that it's absolutely hilarious just such a doofy doofy uh just anti-action here like uh it's like if marmaduke was a person and you put him in an action movie (laughs) and it's just so it's just so bizarre and it's so funny and uh of course you get uh uh kurt russell's banter with kim cuttrell because she's also in this movie okay um It is just so, it's such a silly, such a silly, fun movie. Um, The first time I watched it, the movie legitimately reminded me of like a video game. Just legit. And with Jack Burton being the, uh, uh, (laughs) just being the the dunce of a main character in the game.
0: There's there's definitely been a resurgence there where there's a lot of... um... There there's a lot of pop culture references that are that are made to that. I mean, there's a, a couple memes and just other references and other and other forms that I've seen where eventually when I dig into it it's it's a you know a quote or a scene or a character from, from Big Trouble. Um but also one of the the more interesting pieces is um I'm not sure if you're aware of this and kind of based on us, you know, cards and magic and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the D C deck building game, um where they end up having it's it's just a core system, and mm-hmm. you know, similar to Magic, they all have the same back, so you can intermix things. But they all kind right. of play out of the same thing, just different universes. There's actually a Big Trouble in Little China deck building game. Oh, um, get out! No, it's it's the the same. What is it, Legendary or whatever the whatever company that does the DC one? Uh, okay. there, is, there is a Big Trouble in Little China variant, and the, the shop that I play at here actually has it. Um, so so that would that would be something to see if uh, if you can take a peek at uh, somewhere at, at the stores in, in North Carolina.
1: Uh, absolutely i can probably beat up uh beat up d and make her order it uh
0: (laughs) buy me this d
1: i'll pay you tomorrow for it (laughs) yeah no that's that's awesome that's one of my uh that's absolutely one of my favorites and
0: that's that's actually one I, i do need to put back on my list just based off of you know seeing kurt russell again on uh uh in guardians uh, of the galaxy 2 um and definitely just need to to see some more of that uh and and refresh my memory because i I know i've seen it but i haven't seen it in forever um so it's not one that i have any uh you know uh quick recollection of in any way shape or form
1: (laughs) well it is it's awesome and it's worth a checkout. and kurt russell makes that movie somehow it's just so so good uh, so who do you have, who do you have coming in at number nine?
0: So number nine, I have, uh, another TV character who, uh, due to a, uh, untimely, uh, kind of cancellation of this show has lived on in a, uh, I think the largest and first like crowdfunded movie, uh, via Kickstarter, as well as a, a bunch of books. But the character, um, is from the TV show, the same name, uh, Veronica Mars, uh, um, okay. And so this was uh set back in two thousand four to two thousand six, um, with uh Kristen Bell being uh the, the title character. So she she's definitely the main character there. Um so this is one that's uh that's not in question in, at all. Um but uh she's a private detective uh while in high school so she's she's a high school student in the first two seasons um the the third season she jumps ahead to college um but it, it's basically uh taking the you know the the power of uh law and order svu and all the the procedurals and everything and kind of mixing it up with the the teen angst drama um mm-hmm. and doing everything that you need there for a a good a, a tween uh attention seeker uh, but also kind of having uh, a lot of adult themes to it where um, she ended up the, the first season, it's dealing with like the murder of one of her friends. Um, uh, I forget the I think the second season she's dealing with um, uh, a serial rapist on campus. Um, but it's it's just basically the the character is brought to life by Kristen Bell. The the writing is exceptional by Rob Thomas, um, uh, not the, the one from Matchbox 20, but a different one. <laughs> um, and, but it's, it's just, uh, so well done. And then, uh, there's a lot of like amazing interactions between, uh, Kristen Bell and, uh, uh, her father on the show, um, through a couple of her different boyfriends who, again, it's, it's kind of the, the will they won't they type thing. Um, and, and similar to, to Raylan and, and kind of having, um, like the obvious love interest and then going with a different one and then going back to the original one and uh having a lot of like will they want they type things uh they mm-hmm. do that really well in the show for for basically dealing with a lot of like adult themes while also having the protagonist still be a high school student um and it's it's hilariously funny uh she's you know a smart ass uh as as much as she can be um and it's just uh it's really well done it it had a huge following it started on u p n Moved to the CW, um, and then it was kind of a, an abrupt cancellation. Um, but then they, uh, like I said, they they crowdfunded a movie um, through Kickstarter. I think it was like the the fastest movie or the fastest like three million dollars or something that was ever raised on Kickstarter in like the amount of like three days. Um, it, those numbers, maybe you know. Markedly off, but they they were of that scale, um, and it's just a character like whenever uh, I I have the DVDs, so um, it's one where like I that would be one where I could very easily just go and binge watch and completely forget time because uh, they're that good. And even though like I've seen you know tons of other procedurals on TV, um, it's just the character itself is just that enthralling, and the writing is so good. It's it's no no problem to to keep up and keep in with.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's another one I actually haven't seen, uh, Veronica Mars. I, uh, I need to, I need to, uh, there's like a lot of stuff I just haven't seen. It's weird. Like I've, I'm pretty sure I've lived like, I'm pretty sure I've just lived under a rock for like 15 years of my life. Cause all of my, all my pop culture references stop, stop at a very specific point in time.
0: Well, (laughs) I I'm approaching that where, I mean, most of my stuff, there's, there's kind of, uh, looking at the list that I have, I mean, the majority of them are some of them kind of like exist out of time um, Mm -hmm. or they're uh, um, I'm completely forgetting the word for something that exists uh, outside of its own time. Um, But uh, it'll come to me later on and I'll just yell it out and it'll be fine. Um, (laughs) But I I mean the, instead of overthinking it, I could have just said timeless and that works too. So some of mine are timeless, (laughs) um, but then some of them are kind of very specific or like, you know, Probably five years ago and and further back um, where there's there's not much of a uh, uh, a current reference for this or, or something that quote unquote as the kids would be watching now so uh, <laughs> I, I think we're probably right on the same page there yeah
1: <laughs> I uh, I look at just looking through this again I've uh I've got a little chunk of kind of current stuff coming up so this is exciting awesome. a little current current then we're gonna go straight back to before nineteen ninety Um, so, uh,
0: you're at number eight, then
1: number eight. Um, let's see. So for number eight, I, uh, is this, this one's going to be, uh, this one, actually this movie, uh, this is this character, uh, was in a movie called Tangerine, uh, which, uh, premiered, uh, in 2015 at Sundance and it's on Netflix, uh, uh, the character, uh, is named, um, Alexandra and, uh, she is a, a transgender sex worker in, uh, Hollywood and it basically follows the movie basically follows, uh, Alexandra and, uh, her friend Cindy as they, uh, as Cindy basically gets out of jail and tracks down her boyfriend who she believes is cheating on him, uh, on her and, um, it's the movie's amazing uh it was actually shot out on an iphone
0: okay yeah yeah. now that you mentioned it i i did hear yeah. some stuff about it so now connecting those dots that makes sense
1: and uh, alexandra is just a, absolutely an amazing character um you see her uh basically her entire entire struggle of trying to be uh trying to be something more than um just just a sex worker and um it's really uh it's really really it's a a really good movie and that character really is just what brings it home for you uh for you as a viewer at least i feel Mm -hmm. um and she's just trying to you know she's just trying to make it as an entertainer and 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 all that and it's just you see tiny heartbreak after heartbreak for her and, um, you know, the, the end of the, the end of the, and she still tries to be a good person within, within that. So, um, you know, it's a lot of, a uh, lot of moral gray area with a lot of her actions, but, um, she's just a really likable character and, um, it's good. Just,
0: <laughs> yeah, that one. was one that was, was on my list and I think it actually is currently on my netflix list um but it's just not one i've I've gotten around to yet so that's uh, i'll bump that up a little bit and kind of target that for the next time i've got uh some time to kill and watch that instead of watching two episodes or something yeah it's it's good um
1: i watched it i actually watched it on the recommendation from a youtube channel um so that so does
0: those comment threads do work
1: well, it was actually just from a. Uh, it was just from the from the YouTube from the content itself, not the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, uh, I watched uh, it was a Red Letter Media, mm-hmm. and uh, they do movie reviews, and uh, they mentioned it during another during another um, during a review, and I was like, one of the guys was like, "It's pretty good." I was like, "All right, well, screw it. I got nothing else to do. I'll watch it." And it uh, it's good. It's a very good. It's a very good movie. You can, would never tell that it was shot on an iPhone. There's like two scenes. There are like two scenes where I'm like, I like, there are like two scenes in that movie where it was like, you can't necessarily tell it was shot on an iPhone, but you're like, wow, that being an iPhone makes that a heck of a lot easier.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh, I'll keep an eye out for it when I watch that then. Yes. So let's see then. Uh, moving on to to my number 8 uh it's very similar i i didn't really know uh how to to differentiate uh between my last one and this one um and as kind of a tangent in a lot of the the software work that i do for work um there's the notion of uh what they call planning poker uh when you're planning something like how long is something going to take to like how do you know the difference between something that's going to take like two hours of work and three hours of work or, or whatever. So you end up just breaking these up into like coarser grain components. So it's like, is it a one, a three, a five, an 11, a 20, a hundred, or something like that, as opposed to like, uh, as opposed to like, um, a 16 or a 17. Cause eventually you get to that point and you just have no idea like what's what. Um, so that's what I was trying to use that for some of these. And so I think for the top 10, I was pretty good, but this was the one where I was, I didn't really know how to kind of make that distinction. Um, but I I'm also interested to see because mine I think are for the most part a lot more mainstream. Um mm-hmm. with the exception of, of maybe two. Um well, actually I mean a couple, but I would say the majority of them are, are definitely mainstream. Um and so I I'm interested to see where yours where kind of yours compare as far as just percentage wise. Um mm-hmm. but this is a character from one of like the largest um franchises in history, um and it's you know still going strong now um and it 's leia organa um and okay. so the the difference here being the the reason I, I bumped her up and i I could you know catch a lot of shit for this and et cetera et cetera um and just the the strength of the character um but she's on the top ten no doubt for me um definitely above Luke. Um, Cause he's just yeah. whining the entire time. Um, <laughs> I'm just not a huge Han Solo fan. I, I understand people who are, but I'm not. Um, and so she's like one of the three some that lead that series and kind of brings everything together. Because again, yeah. if it's not for her, I do hope never really gets kicked off. Uh, Luke never finds a droid, yada, yada, yada. Um, in, Episode seven. She's a general. She's the one that's keeping, you know, the resistance going um, even after the the quote unquote Empire falls. Uh, spoilers um, uh, and everything else. What? And uh, but so I mean, she she for me is what is what tied everything together. Uh, like she understands that not everything's perfect. Uh, she plays like the two face role of uh, pushing the resistance forward as well as as playing the uh, the diplomat uh, as well. But then you know when. Uh, you know, stuff turns to shit, which is uh, another thing that, that you'll see, and in, in kind of three people after this for, for the character that I have, um, it's a, a very similar character that does the same thing, she has no problem taking it into her own hands, um, and making it known that, like, she knows what she's doing, she's gonna get it done, um, and, you know, voices her opinion, everything from, you know, into the garbage chute fly boy to somebody get this walking carpet out of my way. Um, and then, you know, just still having the relationship with Han where it's the, I love you. I know. Um, and then being the one to go into Jabba's, uh palace and with the thermal detonator to try to rescue Han. Um, it's just that there's just, she's the one that proactively goes and does a lot of the adventuring and kind of heroism in the, um, in, in the, the star Wars just universe. And, uh, essentially the, um, the original trilogy and and some of the other stuff. And and so, I mean, the original trilogy trilogy sets her up for, for seven uh, very good. Um, Whereas a lot of the other characters, they just have like the opportunity thrust upon them. Um, So Mm -hmm. in my eyes, she's the one that is um, the kind of the biggest hero of the bunch where she sits on the sidelines at times because she knows it's not, she knows she doesn't need to make an impact at the time but then when she does you know she you know saves the day and, and brings it home so there's a lot there um that you know the story would be completely if you look at the story as far as like without her there's just like there's no advancement. So for her, that, that was the um, definitely a top 10 character for me. And I, I had a couple other Star Wars characters um, that were on and off my list. I, I know like uh, after I, I made my list and kind of drew my line in the sand of where I was calling it, like I, I went to look at a couple other lists and I've um, just like top 100 movie characters, top 100 fictitious characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, Darth Vader was on the list in the top ten for a lot of them, and he's up there for me, but not quite in a lot of this stuff. Like, there's, there's definitely a lot more there um, that I, I am not as, uh, as soft on on him uh, for some of the stuff, but it ends up being something where uh, she's like the far and away for me, like the best character out of the universe uh, in, in the Star Wars universe uh, for that. So that was a pretty easy one for me.
1: Yeah, she's like as you like you're talking. I was thinking, I was like. She's the one out of, out of those, out of the, out of the trio. She's the one that goes through the most character growth too. Mm. Um, like it's, you know, just think about it. It's like substantial compared to the other two. Um, I remember watching, I remember the first time I actually sat down and watched all those films. Luke's journey from four to six. Like it made sense, but it didn't feel genuine. And Han really didn't change. Yep. Yeah. And but hers felt her chain, like the things that ever like her character progression felt natural. Um Luke's kind of weird. Well, and um, then
0: like Leia did it all herself, or at least in the context of doing it herself. I mean, she was obviously in the Organa family um, and, you know, raised as as part of the either nobility or upper class. But I mean, Luke basically had teachers every step of the way so it was you know obi-wan in a new hope he's you know with yoda um for empire so like he ends up having a lot of uh strict guidance and education where you are kind of explicit in in or complicit in luke's journey uh whereas with leia like there's nobody like teaching her or dragging her along like she's mm-hmm. gonna do it herself so it's uh, i kind of agree on the uh the character growth there yeah
1: like that's cool that's that's cool i need to Use some of this free time to probably go rewatch those anyway. All right, let's see. So for number seven, I think, you no, know, this is this is probably pretty mainstream here, but I picked uh, Miles Morales, Miles Morales, uh, the new Ultimate Spider-Man, um, simply for one reason, um, and that's because. He tells his girlfriend he's Spider Man within the first two issues of the comic. <laughs> um, simply, what a novel idea! <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I have like the first six issues of it because you know you got a, a biracial uh, Spider Man. I wanted to check that out, and I like him. Uh, I like the character so much because I thought it was such a refreshing uh, look at Spider Man away from um, away from Peter where he's raised by, you know, uh, the character's mom dies really early, so he's raised by just his father. And uh, he has this n- sort of no-nonsense. Like, he has a friend that he talks with uh, about being Spider-Man, and they have a conversation. Where he's like, you gotta tell her that you're Spider-Man. And he's like, like, I don't know if I can. And then he does, like any rational person would, would do in that, that. situation. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, and just because of that, like, he you know he's a he's a kid that's just trying to do do right by folks and you know um i think uh it's just a fantastic interesting look at the character spider-man set in what and basically if it was set in modern times what it would be like um even like the attitude like peter's known to sort of crack wise and that kind of stuff and miles does that a little bit but it's not as um you know, he's he's a kid that's more concerned about the people that he loves and it comes across in it comes across a lot more um genuine than mm-hmm. than Mr. uh Mr. Uh Mr. Parker there. The now, tr- I
0: trying to be yeah. a smartass for the sake of being a smartest as opposed to yeah. just letting it be natural.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like um it's one of those it's I read those and I was actually I read those first few issues and I was actually pleasantly surprised with With that, And honestly, that was, um, you know, one of the folks talked about the whole Marvel rebooting a lot of their characters in in different universes into different races or sexes um, or ethnicities. uh, I'm not one to, um, I'm not one to foo-foo it, uh, mostly because the characters end up being distinctly different characters. Um, You know, they say it's Iron Man, but it's not really, you know, like uh, they say, you know, Uh, I, you know, the new Iron Man's a 15 year old black girl Mm -hmm. uh, who went to MIT. She's a totally different character than Iron Man, like the name's even different. So um, it's just one of those things where it's folks are like, this is supposed to be this. And it's like, it's just an origin story, dude. It's like, it's like, that's like, it would basically be the same thing as getting mad. um, If you're a Punisher fan and you pick up, uh, it's like the Punisher when he uh, debuted in Spider-Man like you're upset that there's a character in spider-man there's maybe it's a new spot you know like it's just dumb it's you know just they're making these new characters in very specific ways because they're trying to tell new and interesting stories um as long as it's good for the sake of a story like you know i say don't fight it but that's that's my spiel miles morales arguably best spider-man because he's the one that has the most sense (laughs)
0: yep that was uh spider-man was definitely one that was that was on and off my list he didn't end up making it or or honorable mention um but he he was one of the ones that i I had in mind and that's one of the ones that i haven't checked out yet um so it's interesting to see where some of this goes because that's one of the the kind of mediums even though i go to cons and do everything else like i just can't keep current with uh Mm -hmm. with just comic issues and stuff. So that's, I, I try to get them in, in uh trade paperbacks. Uh, so that's one that I, I definitely have been waiting around to, to pick up and kind of binge. And so I think I'll probably do that when I've got some, uh, some downtime this summer, that that'll probably be the target I have for, for comic-con this summer.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's, it's, I enjoyed the character. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: So, uh, my number, uh, seven, yes, yeah, since we're at seven, um, is, uh, <clears throat> um, again, a, another part of a threesome, um, and is, is one that could be a main character or a supporting character, um, started as a book, um, uh, made insanely popular by the book itself, uh, went to a movie as well, and then, um, went into, uh, uh to become a, uh, character in a play as well, and the, the play is still going on around the world now, um, uh, and it's one of the Harry Potter characters. Um, and so this, my number seven is Ron Weasley. Um, okay. and so when you end up reading Harry Potter, and I mean, I know this was a topic we had talked about before that could be its own episode for us, which, which we should come back to. Um, and, uh, or even, even, uh, have some guests on it as we, uh, we do, we could even do like Harry Potter live commentary as well, too. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, uh, you know. Five, six, seven, eight years too late, whatever. Um, <laughs> but it, but at the same time, so the the reason I went with Ron for for this one is, um, everybody always like wants to like think that they would be be Harry and be the the one that is you know out there doing it and and be the the most courageous one and, and all of this stuff. But again, like in my eyes, like Harry's the one that has the stuff uh, kind of thrust upon him, and he's at certain times, like super whiny about it or whatever. Um, and there's, there's the, he himself does have a lot of growth. Um, I I mean, there's more so in the book as far as what it's doing, where it's like, you can only do so much with with kids at that age when they're acting in the first couple of movies. Um, but it's always like, it says a lot about Ron that no matter what, like he sticks by his friends, even though like he knows shit's going down, it's going to go sideways. Um, there's, you know, people that are much stronger than them, that are smarter than them doing this stuff. And he knows something bad could happen, but he's not going to let his friends get hurt. He's not going to sell his friends out. Um, he, he kind of has a kind of a, a diminutive complex coming from a large family, being the the next to last kid um, and kind of has this, this chip on his shoulder. So at times he wants to, you know, bulk up and shrug that off and, and kind of keep going. But he's generally not the one going out and looking for trouble that's usually mm-hmm. Harry, and he's not going to let his friend get into trouble. So for me, that's kind of the the nobler thing, where based on how the the houses fall out, uh, you know, Gryffindor is the the one for bravery. Uh, in kind of a, in a nutshell, um, where everybody you know wants to self-identify with you know being the brave one, being the one to do that and step up with it. But Ron is the one to me that uh, identifies with all of that, you know, from start to finish in both, uh, actually in all of the books. Uh, the way he's portrayed in the the movies by Rupert Grint and then the the way he's written in the play um is absolutely exceptional and and like he's he's not the smartest uh, uh you know kid in class he's he ends up turning himself into you know other uh creatures based on potions and and crap like that um but he's like, he's going to be there fighting with you till the end and, and to, to the day you die. And he's one of the most loyal characters in, in you know, any medium that, that I've come across. Um, and so for me, he was he was definitely one of the ones to, to kind of get up there and, and be a, a number seven.
1: Yeah, Harry Potter characters are always really interesting. Um, I did think because I actually did think about that, too. I was like, man, I was like, I did think about a, 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 some Harry Potter characters. And I was going through and I was like, well, maybe Neville. Um I was always a bigger fan of the Weasley twins, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, of course, Luna. Uh, Love good, so um, yeah, there just was, wasn't a lot of. Uh, I, I've known I was a Ravenclaw for a very long time, and um, and just the lack of Ravenclaw representation in those books ended up leading uh, leading me away from picking a Harry Potter character. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yep. So there, there's definitely more we can go into on that as far as a an all Harry Potter episode. Yes, let's see. There is. It's
1: been a while since I, I have all the books now, finally.
0: Yeah, I, I had them and I got rid of them. But there's a, a super nice set that uh, they put out, uh, I want to say last year, the year before. Um, that was this like super nice um, set that had like foil filigree on it and everything. And they, they mm-hmm. were coming in each of the uh, houses of the colors. Um, and I'll send you the link if I can still find it where the, the one for Ravenclaw was just magnificent. It was this bright blue and then the gold, uh, like outlay and, or inlay and everything. So that, that's when I may end up trying to get the, to maintain, uh, as a, a mainstay on my bookshelf, kind of looking at what I have now, I can definitely clean up and ditch a lot of it.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. The, uh, Oh, Ravenclaw. All right, let's see. Uh, for number six, we're in six. I don't have numbers next to mine. I just have a list of ten people.
0: Yep, we're in um, six. Uh,
1: my number six. It comes from another movie, uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, Charlotte, which is played by Scarlett Johansson. Um, so I absolutely love Lost in Translation. Um, movie came out in two thousand and three. It's uh, sort of. A, it's classified as a romantic comedy, but. Um, I'm not sure if I would classify it as um, a romantic comedy. It just happens to have two people that develop feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, both of the characters, uh, Bob Harris and and Charlotte's character, uh, basically come from a place of loneliness and isolation. And I personally think that uh, Charlotte is Scarlett Johansson's best performance, um, and. Uh, because she's, you know, she, you could just tell, you know, you can really tell she just feels alone for so much of that movie. Um, and when she finally meets Bill Murray's character, you can see there's like a connection there, but she, you know, it, it ends up, I don't What's the spoiler alert on a movie that's like 14 years old. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, even by the end of the movie, you can tell, um, you know she's not she hasn't changed um and she still feels she didn't feel it's like she didn't feel alone for the moments that they were together but not you know at the end of the movie she's almost right back where she started Mm -hmm. and i think it's just so sad and it's uh, an underplayed performance from her um which you i don't think you really often get to see um Especially nowadays with Charlotte Johansson, they just seem to 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 break her out and flaunt her around some. Because um, I haven't seen anything with her uh, lately where I've just been where she's really flexed her uh, acting chops. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she makes Charlotte really memorable, at least for me, um, just because of just the, like the honesty and, and the loneliness, and it's one one heck of a character. I almost thought about picking Bill Murray, but. Um, We've seen, I'm I, uh, picking Bill Murray's character, but we've seen um, Bill Murray sort of play those kind of characters before, before. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's like an honesty to it, but, you know, if I was to pick that for Bill Murray, which character would I pick? Like.
0: <laughs> Um, there were there were a couple for me that way they kind of ended up uh, which one and so just based on kind of a plethora of similar characters per an actor they kind of fell out because it was the same or it was a similar character over and over again uh, mm-hmm. but yeah there's I, I definitely end up having a lot similar similarity there. And that was actually one I never actually saw. Um, it was one that I, I had in hand, but I never actually watched it because um, I think that came out around the time I was co oping uh, in North Carolina um, while I was still in college, um, and I had it from Netflix. And then that was when Netflix still did DVDs, um, or only did DVDs, I should say. Um, and so I, I had it, but then I ended up just not actually watching it, just based off of time or whatever. Um, and then sent it back. And then it, like I had friends in, in school who loved it, um, but then I just never got back around to watching it. It's one that just completely fell off my radar. But I, have you know, I have a number of friends who that's their favorite movie of all time. So it's, it's definitely one I would want to check out.
1: Yeah, it is. It's worth. Uh, it's honestly worth the check out, um, especially if you want a movie that's not like high octane kind of uh, intense where it plays, it plays its notes uh, very soft and it's very um, there's a ton of craftsmanship that goes into that movie Mm -hmm. um, just across a lot of it. And it's one of those, um, you know, I I never thought I'd ever, you know, see the day where Charlotte, Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray would basically just carry a movie. Mm -hmm. um, And they do, both do a phenomenal job, but it's a real interesting uh, – sh- she plays sh- uh, Charlotte really interesting. It's, it's a fantastic performance by Scarlett Johansson, and uh, she makes Charlotte incredibly memorable.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to add that one back to my list and check it out whenever it's available. So uh, my number six one is I think the only one on my list that exists solely in book form. Um, it hasn't been made into any other uh, uh, media, be a TV movie, etc. Um, it's uh, it's a character that's been in a, a bunch of novels, uh, double digits now. Um, I'm a couple behind on on them at the moment, but it's a a series written by Daniel Silva, um, and uh, the character is uh, is Gabriel Alon. Um So uh, his last name is spelled A L L O N. Um and he's a member of uh essentially the Israeli not even Secret Service, but like Israelis uh they call it the department, so kind of the utmost secret uh defense force spies, etc. of, of uh, Israel. Um and he's uh very well written. Um I first bought the book when I was co oping in North Carolina. Um I randomly was going into Target one night and this was, you know, in February and just caught my eye, bought it, and then uh, I started reading it like three times, but never got through like the first uh, the first book that I had, um, and then I went to, I don't know, some movie across the street at uh, Raleigh Grand Theater, um, and then uh, like took the book with me just to kill time ahead of time, and then I, I actually, you know, was focused on it, because they weren't doing anything else besides showing the like the same, you know, commercial <laughs> on repeat until the movie started and i just blessed it that one and then i like bought all the other ones so the the first one i started with was in the confessor um which was uh, the third book in the series got the first two read those got like the next three read those and then i like i was trying to stay current when he would write them out like once a summer um but he's a spy he's a former art restorer so there's a lot of history that's based off of um both uh, European history as well as just art history as well. Um, there's a lot going on between, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, it's There's a lot of, like, team dynamics. There's a lot of uh, both European and kind of uh, Russia or Russo-Asia uh, conflicts. Uh, it's really well-written. Um, it moves really fast. There's a lot of, of action as well as a lot of um, kind of geo political type stuff um that obviously based on being you know a fiction book it's easy to write and create and kind of puts characters in situations uh but he's really well written um it's someone who you uh you, you know you admire his intellect but then it's also something where just the character itself has to be written in a way where it's true and authentic and so he has his flaws he does ha- he does fail at times um and it's not always like one of the ones where it's a um uh a character where no matter what you you know something is going like they'll get out of every situation unscathed etc etc uh kind of sitcom type where it's like uh always returning to the status quo like it does have a character arc across all the novels um he interacts with different characters very differently um so it's a very interesting read um like his description is spot on Um, so now like anytime I see something where it's like, uh, menacing green eyes with a dash of gray at the temples and something (laughs) like that, like, you know, like who this character is, you know, where he's showing up, you know what he's doing, um, And it's, it's one that like over the next couple of weeks, we've got some travel and I'm looking to get back into that, whether it's via audiobook or, uh, on the Kindle to, to kind of catch up on the, the, the two I'm behind, um, and one that comes out in July. Um, but it's definitely an interest if you like kind of spy action thriller stuff. Um, it's, it's one of the ones where again, it's like a, a summer series that they come out every year, et cetera. Um. But it's, it's one of the better ones just based off of a lot of the other uh, like science and history and, and kind of just art history that I like as well. So it, it's he was he was definitely a, a no brainer for my list, just not knowing uh, which uh, which position. But kind of this feels right as far as like uh, right around six or seven for him. Ooh,
1: well, that is exciting. That is exciting. I would love to see as we talk about this, I'd love to see our most hated characters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that would that one would be a be a uh a blast! i'll have to i'll have to check that out i'll have to uh, actually swap swap this and, uh, compile compile them both together in a, in a in a centralized area most likely fort knox um so yeah no uh that's awesome like i like that's the one thing i miss about about reading um since i spend more of my time reading poems and stuff it's very uh you, you don't get caught up in good like you get caught up in the poems but you don't get caught up in good characters mm-hmm. um you know, it's just my fault because I, you know, I'm spending what time, free time I have, reading poems instead of sitting down and reading uh, fiction with continuous, uh, continuous stories and fiction. But um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's always the, it's always a great feeling when you can find a character where you identify with, and the world is just is expand, still expanding for mm-hmm. them. Um, so, <laughs> let's see. So we're at number five. Number five here we go
0: officially halfway through there
1: halfway through so uh, my number five uh, uh, is pretty I uh, pretty mainstream and oldie though it's uh, Bart from blazing saddles um, so full disclosure I absolutely love the movie blazing saddles um, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time so I had to include somebody uh somebody from from blazing saddles and I recently watched it again when uh, Gene Wilder passed. Um, and I was deciding whether or not if I wanted to pick, uh, uh, the Waco kid or, uh, or Bart. And I went with Bart just because of how absolutely charming and charismatic he is throughout that entire film. Um, he's just an immediately likable guy. And it's, it's one of those things. If you think about when the movie came out in the seventies and, um, You know, he's playing this He's playing in this satirical world Uh Just to such a point where you can't help but like the guy no matter what your feelings would be Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's absolutely something that's so marvelous And I think that's a testament to um, not only cleavon little's acting Uh, but mel brooks as a creator. Um And I actually think I believe he was written I could just be making this up but I believe he was created also with uh Richard with Richard Pryor too. Um but Richard Pryor didn't end up playing it because of his drug issues. I could just be making that up. So um but it really just comes down to the, the testament of Cleveland Little's acting genius and um Mel Brooks' genius and it's he is just one heck of a character who is who is arguably timeless. Um it's 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 good like he's he's a cool dude you just want to sit down and have a drink with him and just figure out more to hear more about the zany situations he gets into um and you know and i i can't help but you know can't help but like him because he is he is incredibly cunning um throughout that whole movie to hilarious effects um but he's that's one that's one heck of a character there and that is mine that is my number five
0: so you uh you are correct in that uh it was originally uh, supposed to be uh richard Pryor's role um so they had they wanted uh, or mel brooks originally wanted richard Pryor to do that uh just kind of looking it up really quick because there was another little trivia tidbit that i wanted to see if it was listed here um but the studio wanted a uh a, a less volatile actor to play him. So that's what they <laughs> suggested to Cleavon Little. So yeah, that, that seems about right. Um, <laughs> there's something else, which doesn't uh, look like it's popping up here um, for me. But one of, one of the other pieces here was that it says that Mel uh, Brooks only gave um, the studio one cut of the movie or sorry, <laughs> they, they gave them one cut. They, they'd asked for many more cuts due to language and some of that stuff. And I mean, obviously a lot of what's in that movie is, um, it was stood the test of time for, I don't know how, like, I mean, it just, there's so many, so many other movies are based off of that. The characters in there are amazing. Um, but one of, one of the scenes or the only scene that it, it ended up cutting, um, was, uh, one of the, the female characters and Bart are in a dark room, uh, and Bart says, you're sucking on my arm. Um, yeah. And, and yes. so so that's uh just based on knowing some of the other lines in the movie and and what got or kind of what made it to the screen uh that's that's pretty hilarious. So yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> and that's that's one that definitely is on my list and uh I know um I I need to get back to it at some point.
1: <laughs> it's 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 one of those movies that's definitely worth um just to, you know, watch while Mel Brooks is still alive. <laughs> um Because he's getting up there.
0: They actually had a a 40th anniversary screening of it last summer here in Chicago. It was an outdoor outdoor screening and a big thing. Um, I I tried to get tickets to it, but I think we actually ended up being out of town when they were doing it, so it it all worked out as far as me missing it anyway. Um, But it looked like it looked like an awesome thing to to go to and kind of a a pseudo revival for it.
1: You know, I would, uh, Kat. I'd love to see that movie again. I'm gonna watch that tonight maybe we'll see i'd love to see that movie in theaters which i feel like they were um i feel like that movie was coming to theaters but since north carolina's north carolina they a uh, little late mm-hmm. but i don't know now we're since uh, we're finally getting an Alamo draft house so
0: hopefully that'll end up showing some some more of the uh the sought after or, or uh, replayed uh uh re- reruns not reruns but reruns or re-releases of film so that would be good yeah yeah. All right,
1: so who do you got for number five, Rick?
0: So my number five is going back to, to one of the previous threesomes, um, where, again, this is this is one of the ones that would border on being uh, a main character or not main character. Um, I, I would have to say, like, this one um, is – one of the main characters of the Harry Potter series. So it's not the titular character, but it's the other character in the the main threesome there. Um, and this is Hermione. Um, and so Hermione Granger, uh, is the, you know, the person you want to be. She's, she's the smartest person in school. Um, but then everybody gives her shit for that. Um, but she's still also the one that, you know, uh, there's certain times where she's, uh, um, you know, hurt by how her friends treat her for being the smart one. Uh, but she unabashedly ab- embraces it. She's always, you know, telling her friends and and just telling everyone, like, that's not how you do it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in the, in the end, like, it, similar to, um, you know, Leia being the one that always moves the story forward or, or kind of being the one of, of self-dri- self-driven mm-hmm. growth, um, there's never a time where Hermione is wrong when she's, you know, Put her mind to it, uh, and all of that. Um, she's entrusted by uh, some of the staff at Hogwarts at a very young age to time travel. <laughs> um, so that says either a lot about the character herself, or a lot about the uh, the inability of uh, adults to judge uh, both the morality and usefulness of children with time travel devices. Uh, so that so that's a, another aspect there. Um, but it, it's one where again, this is. You know, you look up to her as she's, she's going through the stories. Um, she's not one to let her friends down, uh, similar to Ron. She's, uh, a little bit more into making her own trouble as well. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but she's, she's also not going to let her, her friends get into trouble. Um, she's very headstrong. She knows what she's doing. She's not going to, you know, wait around for, for Ron and Harry to figure their shit out. She's going to to take it into her own hands. Um, again, spoilers in the the long run, um, she ends up with uh with uh Ron and then in the the following book and and she ends up being the Minister of Magic which is uh, uh an amazing turn um and kind of something that <laughs> is very fitting for like that the the character that that is laid out for her and kind of where she goes um and just uh, I mean she's she's played amazingly by Emma Watson in the movies um and I mean we'll get into like the the way that I got into the Harry Potter universe and kind of the ridiculous order of stuff that i watched and then read and and watched etc as far as uh the books and series being out of order um but it it was one of the ones where i was like when there's when hermione's there when when she's in a scene like you know something's gonna happen you know like in the long run kind of the the downfall of for me of a lot of the dan brown books is like you know you can read the first chapter and the last chapter and you know exactly what happens the entire movie there's just like uh, 180 pages of filler because it's one of the characters that you got introduced to in, like, the first five pages is the person that did it in the end. Um, but, like, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, whatever Hermione says is eventually going to happen, but there's a lot of, like, interstitial there to figure out uh that, you know ron and harry have to do their thing to to fall down and fail and then figure out what what hermione's uh was she was you know (laughs) saying was right based off of all the hard work she did to to try to figure that out um so that that's a a reason why she's definitely a top five um for me is is just uh uh either reading it and just when i read the um the, the the cursed child which is the the play um it was it was you know Whenever she was on, it was very easy to read, um, and then just watching Emma Watson portray her in in any of the the movies is is a, is a treat. Um, with the exception of kind of, I'm not a, as big of a fan of the Deathly Hollow movies, just because again they kind of cross over from the lovable Harry Potter universe into Zack Snyder and lens flare territory, and everything's a shade <laughs> of gray. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but yeah, so so she's a she's a, a top five character for me. I
1: uh, I've actually never seen all those movies. I think I've seen up to like prisoner of Azkaban maybe like an ABC family during the holidays. Cause Harry Potter is Christmas now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I haven't seen all those movies. Like my, I think my mom owns them all. I just haven't, I just haven't sat down to watch them. I mean, like I read the books. It was like, I read the book. Why do I need, need to watch the watch movie? movie? <laughs> yeah. So, so that'd
0: be an interesting topic for, for ending up, uh, how, uh, how I got into them because it was definitely a, uh, a roundabout way for me to jump into them for, uh, um, for something as simple as read all the books in order, I, you know, I can't follow instructions. So I didn't do it in, in that way or anything. Um, we're, we're way overshooting our time, which I don't really care about, but again, it's, you know, we set goals and break them because that's you know what we're supposed to do. Um, but moving on to uh, to number four, this is where it should be getting into some of the good stuff. So uh, who do you have next uh,
1: for number four? I have uh, Dr. William Daffodil, 11 Swain, uh, from Kurt Vonnegut's novel slapstick. Um, this, uh, basically, uh, slapstick is, uh, Kurt Vonnegut look between, um, his relationship with his sister and, uh, and with, uh, and other people. And I read this book years ago and I still, um, uh, and, and so uh, Dr. Dr. Swain is basically uh, Kurt Vonnegut's version of himself in sort of like a apople- post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's one half of what he likes the character refers to as a uh, functioning uh, of a functioning brain um, where he's incredibly dependent on his sister. Um, and his – it's so – the whole thing uh, – uh, the, the whole book is really just deals with Dr. Swain's journey through loneliness and, um, the closeness that he shares with his sister. And it's one of these things where it's just absolutely endearing and, um, not like some folks, like it was, the book wasn't necessarily really well, we, well received. Um, and I think it was because the book's a bit weird, even for Vonnegut. <laughs> uh, um, but it's it's one it's the closest thing you'd basically get to uh, Vonnegut said um that it's basically the closest thing you'd ever get to an autobiographical book out of him. Um you know, at least, you know, at some point. Um I mean he's might have written one in, in years. But I figured, you know, had to had to throw Vonnegut on here uh somewhere and this character is absolutely memorable, uh just for the sadness. Uh at least for me. And it's one of those things where he no don't, he don't play.
0: Okay. <laughs> that's what that's uh I haven't read much Vonnegut, but that's what I was actually checking my bookcase now to see if I still have uh, the the one book. Um have have you ever read The Sirens of Titan? I haven't. Okay, so that that's another um that's a, another uh, Vonnegut novel this one's about uh three hundred pages um deals with time travel deals with space travel um and it's it 's really well written um about a uh uh something that now looking at the the back of the book jacket and how the main character is described as the richest, most depraved man on earth um it's oddly relevant. Um, but uh, Malachi constant is, a, is the a character in there that now didn't even come to mind for this list, but one that I, I could definitely uh, reconsider as possibly honorable mention for, for this, but that would, that would be a recommendation. Uh, once you, once you get through all the, the goodies of uh, uh, kind of uh, rewatching and, and uh, watching stuff for the first time here, I would, I would check out Sirens of Titan as well for a, for a follow up.
1: Absolutely. I can do that. I can add that to the list.
0: So, uh, my number four is one where it's still, I mean, uh, no qualms about saying this character is still very much mainstream, um, but, it, you know, less mainstream than uh, obviously the Harry Potter universe. Um, but this is uh, Randall Graves from the Viewisk universe. Um, so this was created by, uh, by Kevin Smith, um, basically started and created in the, uh, the Clerks universe uh, by his self-financed uh, film uh in the in the nineties uh continued on into uh uh some of the other movies, James Hunt and Bob, Strike Back. Um mm-hmm. uh my hands down favorite movie of all time is Clerks Two and Randall just plays a killer role in that movie. Um the the actor Jeff Anderson is like his the way he does the character his tone his pitch and everything and facial expressions just come uh, together where this is the character where whenever there's a you know a devil and angel on your shoulder this is always (laughs) the devil on your shoulder saying what you're what you're feeling what you want to say um and what you want to do but then um like it just it's you know the I, and I am by no means a uh, a psychology expert or whatever, but whatever the ego, super ego, and it or, or whatever it is, it, it's one of those. He's one of those personified um, where he's just like he's the the friend that'll again, similar to to you know Ron, he's gonna uh, basically go down fighting with you till, till the end of time, but he's also going to be calling you a fucking asshole the entire time. Um, and, and so just all of the one-liners I've never, the only time I've ever been on the floor of a movie theater crying, laughing is when watching clerks too, and watching Jeff Anderson deliver some of Randall's lines. Um, and it just, again, one where like, he knows he's not the smartest one in the room. So he knows he's got to basically have, you know, uh, a whip smart, um, you know super sharp sword of you know of of jokes of irony of sarcasm <laughs> um and this is from from clerks um to clerks the animated series to uh, clerks 2 um i mean there's so many one liners that that i end up saying um and <laughs> There's so many that are, you know, inappropriate for any point in time, but they there, again, there's the it's that little, little devil just hopping your, in your shoulder in, in Jeff Anderson's voice, um, and just, just saying them out there and just kind of seeing how he torments the characters in the, in the movies, um, and just the, kind of the payoff in, in Clerks 2 is still one of, um, the, the best speeches for me of, of, any movie out there because it, it kind of peels away, um, a lot of the, uh, the, kind of the the pretense of male relationships between male friends um, and then just ends up uh, kind of making it real. And, you know, no matter what you're doing, like you can relate to that scene. And as much as I was, you know, on the floor crying, I was, you know, in tears by the the end of it when I was seen, saw that or even watched it again since then. Um, But I mean, he was he was definitely the the one that was the the next one that came to mind for me outside of my top three, where my my top three were kind of predetermined. Um, but he he's one of the ones where there's no, there's nobody that you know no matter what, even you know, comedians as they are now, like I I can watch Randall scenes all day long and not get tired. So he's he's definitely my, <laughs> my hard and fast number four.
1: The whole thing that keeps going on over my mind is where he and uh, Clerks too, where he summarizes Lord of the Rings.
0: And I, I was going to try to make a way to, to bring that in where it was, <laughs> it was just a movie about walking and Christ, even the trees walked. Um, uh, the other one that you know it, it comes to mind when it's you know in a. Uh, exceptionally not safe for work um is uh he's ordering a donkey show for a going away yes! party because that that completely Can makes sense guys, um and <laughs> he's saying that they better cross their toes and cross their fingers and then he tells the young impressionable coworker at the fast food restaurant that they better cross dicks too just to be sure um and <laughs> the young impressionable coworker obviously starts to unzip his pants and he just smacks him and tells him he's an idiot um and so it's everything like that. It's every, like I worked at a hockey store in high school and college, the amount of conversations we had that were extremely relevant there. It was like Kevin Smith, when he wrote the characters were sitting in with us. Um And just like every conversation we had growing up playing magic, uh playing video games, etc. Um, It's like, it's those characters to a T and personified. So it was the um there's just so much I love about the character where it's like, if he wasn't on this list, it would have just been like a, a travesty for me. Oh, absolutely that's that's
1: actually a good one and I was secretly
0: hoping there'd be some uh
1: Kevin Smith Kevin Smith on your list and uh or some uh some Kevin Smith work on your list and I'm glad to see that uh that that showed up because um, I, I did not include any spoiler um yes so we are at number three
0: yep this is uh heading into the home stretch for our, for our top three and then uh, yep. we can we can obviously uh go over my uh my plus plus list but then also some of the honorable mentions <laughs> that we had but yeah I'm, I'm interested to see your top three based off of uh, who you've got so far
1: um so i had to uh so one of the most influential texts uh in my life in my in my tiny little simpleton life is the outsiders uh written by se Hitton. it's um one of the books that i read as uh read as a kid and, um, I, I wanted a, I wanted to, I, I felt like I, I needed to include a coming of age character on, on my list and I was going to be damned if I picked Holden Caulfield. Um, <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole nother rant, but I picked, uh, Ponyboy Curtis from, uh, The Outsiders. Uh, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with The Outsiders, there's also a movie that came out in the eighties and was just a, a, a talent bomb of uh of people like amelia Estevez is in that movie i mean a talent bomb i set out for the amelia Estevez. uh (laughs) (laughs) Estevez is in that movie uh oh my god the guy from uh i think i believe tom cruise is in that movie um i can't think of the guy's name that plays daryl but uh not daryl uh dally um gruff guy that's in crash uh oh my gosh He's in, he was in Wayward Pines remake, uh, not, Pines, uh, the, not the remake, but he was in, uh, oh my God, I can't think of that actor's name. I'm going to give me one second.
0: I'm gonna uh, pull
1: that up because that's going to drive me nuts.
0: Is Kiefer Sutherland in there?
1: Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's in this movie. Um,
0: C. Thomas Howe, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, yeah, Patrick there you go, Swayze, Matt Taylor, that's Rob second. Lowe, yeah. Diane Lane, Estevez, Tom Cruise, and Le- Leif yep. Garrett
1: uh and the movie's a straight talent bomb um and rob lowe is soda soda pop um so as i said like the movie's uh legit just loaded and that book just shaped me so much because um you know because i read it in middle school and it's just one of those things where you know i wasn't terribly popular in middle school and i definitely was able to relate to to soda pop and um se hinton did a fantastic job just crafting this whole book um and really showing that, at least for me, that like, um, you should have standards for young adult literature. Um, <laughs> um, and it's one of those books where I'm not, I'm not even sure if I would even classify it as young adult literature, outside of the fact that the narrator uh, is and is a young teenager. Um, that very easily could have just been shifted to characters in their 20s. They would have acted a little differently, but not much more. Um, Because this was, you know, this is like the 60s teenager, which is like, what, 40 nowadays? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) No, but um, it's just absolute uh, fantastic. You you learn to, as you read it, um, you basically read it from Ponyboy's point of view. And um, you see his friendship with Johnny, the friendship with his brothers, um, and how he desperately just wants to fit into a world that may not necessarily completely accept him for him. So, um, it's one of those things where I absolutely love the outsiders, um, and uh, really, really formative for me um, because it's one of the first pieces of of, uh, of literature that I that I read where I really learned that you can do something good while you tell a story, mm-hmm. like you can really, really create because before then, you know, you're not reading, you know, I wasn't reading, you know, I was really reading like the Adam or something. Like I was reading, but I wasn't reading like I was reading stuff that was specifically catered for for kids. And this yeah. was like one of the first books where, um that I read that was because like, I read it in like sixth grade. Um they didn't believe in books in my elementary school. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just gonna say that. Um <laughs> but it was one of the first pieces where it really just and it felt like it, there was something more there and is really good. And Boy is so likable. And I've, you know, one of the first times I've ever read a character and it's just been like, yeah, like what he's doing makes sense. Like, <laughs> and how bizarre that gets. It just all makes sense. So that's my number three.
0: And it's interesting. I, I did a quick search on there as far as looking that up and. I didn't realize that I, I know of it. it. It was, this was uh, a book that I walked past every day in the, the middle school library. And it's one that I haven't read, but, um, uh, definitely now as you know, looking at it is, is one I, I should definitely pick up again. Um, but it says the, the author Essie Hinton started writing when she was 50, started writing the novel when she was 15, did most of it when she, she was 16 and it was published when she was 18. Yeah. Um, and so to kind of have, uh, the, the type of grasp of that and the ability to write like you just mentioned um, and have that, that true um, uh, kind of depiction of that and have it be so meaningful um, is uh, is pretty amazing for somebody at, at that age and kind of to, to have it be – that is definitely a timeless piece because when I was in school in the early 90s, I mean it was – it was a, a, you know, a paperback edition that, that had the, the cast of the movie on it, uh, for the folks out there. Uh, but it's definitely one that, uh, um, kind of transcends the, the time of it.
1: Yeah. That book, that book, honestly, is just something special. Um, since it is, you know, uh, it's a very easy read. Um, and you could, um, honest, I just wish the book got more, res- like sometimes I wish the book just got more respect. Um, but it honestly, it takes like an hour and a half, two hours to read. It's just a really easy, you know, it's a really easy read, but it's good. And I wanted to put a likable coming of age tale uh, character on my list. And I, I'll fight, I'll fight with folks about, uh, about Hawfield, and Hawfield all day. So, uh, Holden Caulfield all day. Yep. So.
0: Um, so then the, the next one for me is, uh, kind of compared to, to yours, it feels a little, uh, or it feels very much mainstream and, and, uh, kind of the the my 2 and 3 almost like a cop out as far as being too mainstream um, but uh, for me this one is uh, many different facets of it but it goes back to um, basically the first comic I ever bought um, this character is prominently featured on the cover um, it's one of the ones where uh, I you know been in, uh, enthralled with the character ever since then um, so you know Twenty-five plus years. Um, uh, I was this character for Halloween one year. Uh, I made this, or I, I with my parent or with my parents and and neighbor uh, made this this suit where um, I literally gather chopsticks from Chinese stores sharpen them in the, uh, the electric pencil sharpener, cut holes in gloves and put claws in the gloves to wear, um, in a, a bright blue, uh, sweatsuit with, uh, uh, yellow pillowcases sewn over top of it with stuffing stuffed inside that. Um, and, and so this is just Wolverine and it's the character obviously transcends medium created in, uh, the comics, um, uh, grew up watching Wolverine on the um, on X-Men, the animated series, um, the the video game for X-Men children of the atom uh, uh, as far as berserker barrage is will, will forever be a uh, like a, a sound sprite that is stuck in my head. And, Um, when I'm just being annoying and want to do random stuff to annoy somebody in my presence. I'll uh, I'll, I'll mockingly do berserker Barrage and run around with whatever's in my hands and like uh, acting like they're claws. Um, But then also like I I collected Wizard when I was growing up too. So not only, you know, collecting comics, but collecting the the magazine about comics. Um, And they always had people in there about uh, that, you know, did their own action figures or made their own action figures. Um, So when I was younger, I actually, you know, disassembled a couple other action figures and made my own custom uh essentially uh weapon x uh, style action figure uh of wolverine where it was after he was out of um the the weapon x program but while he was basically doing the the canadian special ops uh what he like looked like when he was running with maverick and Sabretooth and, and those guys so that was like another piece that just endeared him to me as far as just more insight into the character but uh it, it was even kind of hardened and a lot more of the the stuff that was written about him when I was an adult. So obviously when you have a character who uh, is, he is timeless, but he's also um, that's because he has a healing factor. He doesn't age, et cetera. So it's, you have to walk a fine line there to be able to do a lot of stuff with a character who is essentially quote unquote, can't change just because he's not going anywhere. Everybody else around him dies, but there's still a lot that you have to work with um, to kind of keep the character moving. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they did old man, Logan, or they're currently doing a lot of old man Logan. Now they had origin as far as to give you a lot more backstory because this was a character who had his memory erased and was always trying to find answers, et cetera. Um, he's exceptionally well played, um, through most of the Marvel universe, uh, uh, in, in the movies by Hugh Jackman. Um, you know, X-Men origins is, uh, a problem into of itself, just based off of, uh, them not giving a shit about any continuity, but you know, that's, uh, earlier, uh, in the, the, the Marvel universe, as opposed to, to what they're doing now. And that was again done by, uh, by 20th century Fox. And so it's not Marvel to, to be holding to that, but, um, just a character that, that's really well done. Um, it's a character that goes through a lot of pain, um, and a lot of punishment and turmoil, uh, and deals with a lot of, you know, damage for someone who has both a mutant healing factor and adamantium skeleton, um, and is essentially, uh, um, you know, who's essentially who's uh, going to live forever, um, is there's there's a lot that the character goes through, and and so you you see a lot of it where he's both the ultimate um, personification of testosterone and just you know pure rage, but then he's also you know he has uh, you know romances, he has relationships that. Uh, he wants to put himself into, but uh, either, you know, he, he causes them to, to be injured or even die um, or people get taken from him and things like that. And so it's, it's a, uh, for someone who again has a uh, resiliency to him, he is a very tortured character. um, And it's just one where Mm -hmm. for me, I've always been attracted to how they, how they were able to do that with a lot of the, the, um, the, the lifetime of, uh or multiple lifetimes of, of stuff that the same character's done, but it, it it's one that uh is very nostalgic for me, but also um it's I think he's done right in every medium that he's he's kind of uh, captured in. Um they get the essence of the character uh done very easily. So um that was that was for me number three with Wolverine.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean well you know I had Spider Man. It's only fair you get Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That's uh so my number two um is an absolute left field um it uh is kintaro Oe from the uh, uh uh anime golden boy uh and just a heads up before anybody decides to check this out it is sort of a uh, it's very raunchy uh but kintaro Owe is this character who uh basically uh, uh this portray the voice actor doug smith uh, who portrayed Kentaro in the American dub uh, is basically the reason. If I ever sit down and watch anime, I insist that I watch the uh, the uh, the English dub uh, because he did such a fantastic job uh, portraying this character as um, a helpful klutz. That it's who's so naive. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. The basic plot of Golden Boy is uh, for the anime. Um, I would not suggest checking out the manga. It's weird. Um, uh, is, uh, ep- it's six episodes. It's very short. Each episode set up very much the same way. Um, Kentaro uh, is uh, basically a, he finished law school at Tokyo U, uh, like at the top of his class or whatever, and just dropped out to like learn about the world. Mm -hmm. And so every episode is basically set up on him, basically being, a uh, doing temp work from place to place, to place, to place. Um, so episode starts off with Kentaro getting into town, meeting uh, a female character who he immediately falls in love with, uh, working with them, getting close to them, bumbling up the relationship and then him leaving town with a female character, like realizing that they were in love with him <laughs> and going like in chasing after him, uh, because of, they actually go back and like, he does like some grand action or whatever after that's already come to fruition after he's left. So it's, he's Doug Smith's portrayal of Kentaro, uh, is in this thing. It's just absolutely hilarious. He sounds like a total goof. Um, and, just, it's just on point. It's one of the funniest things I think I have ever seen. And it's one of those things where um, it's incredibly raunchy and perverted, but it's so funny. Um, <laughs> uh, man, but yeah, that's that's my number two. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have even found out about that if my buddy Darren did not uh, didn't introduce me to uh, to the anime. Um, and uh, it's funny.
0: Yeah, that's so funny. that's one that you saying the character is one that I I, I didn't know of, um, but the the Golden Boy I or Golden Boy I, I have heard of it as the uh, the anime, um, and and so it's I'm not a huge anime fan, but that's one that I of all my friends that are, um, it's one that has uh, been co- come up in many conversations that they've been having uh, in the context <laughs> of some of it. So uh, it's I, I've heard good things about it, so that that's a cool one.
1: It's really, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's worth to check out. Who's your, who's your number two, Rick?
0: So similar to, uh, the number, number three, um, and, uh, uh, not any specific incarnation of the character or even an actor playing the character. Um, but number two is Batman. Um, there's, for me, uh, you'll notice, a, another main DC character kind of, uh, can I- infamously conspicuous off this list. Um, but the the kind of the character of batman is is again one from growing up and just seeing the the many different uh takes on it um of something where uh i mean you see kind of the original batman movie uh sorry the batman movie from the 80s not the original batman movie from you know the 60s uh but the the batman movie with michael keaton and how that was done um but then even you know to a lot more of the realistic where once i was able to then have um you know Comprehensible understanding of, of movies and and film with the with the Batman Begins series, um, and and a lot of other the a lot of other pieces there. But uh, the character, you know, he had everything taken away from him in the fact that he saw his parents get murdered in front of him. Uh, many different origin stories, but eventually, you know, uh, uses that and you know goes on the revenge trail uh, and tries to you know right all the wrongs in the world just by you know grit. Uh, determination, self-training, um, and it's, you know, in contrasting to every other uh, superhero out there, that generally, like, he's just plain human. Um, he's billed as, you know, the world's greatest detective. So, again, he, he uses his brain to do a lot of that stuff. I, you know, loved the um, the Adam West series uh, when it was replaying uh, on TV when I was growing up. Uh, but that was the one that, again, it, it more played... As schlocky and shticky as it was, um, it played up the fact that he was a detective of, of some sort. Um, and there was a lot more computer stuff, even though it was just a lot of, of you know boxes with uh with light bulbs on them, um as far as using computers, using technology to do some of that. Um and it's uh one of the um one of the lines from Batman Begins that uh um uh, the Rachel uh Rachel Dawson character, Rachel Dawes character, sorry, um says to him uh is that uh you know Bruce Wayne is the mask that Batman has um mm-hmm. and that is is something where again um I think there's a couple characters on this list and uh, definitely uh my number 1 kind of shares this as well um where it's everybody feels like there's they have two personalities I definitely identify with that um being a gemini I'm not huge into astrology but I definitely see a lot of the kind of two-sided thing in me or kind of a, a multiple um uh, kind of facets of a person um, and so it's something where he just he ends up being um, in the hands of certain characters or certain writers I should say um, uh, be it the the screenwriting from Batman Begins be it Frank Miller from a lot of his his runs there um, the Batman the Animated Series is extremely well done um, there just ends up being a lot of, of depth to the character where it's like okay he just has he's a guy with a lot of gadgets um, but there's a lot more done there as far as having to work both within the law and outside the law, uh, befriending a lot of folks with the law, um, and then kind of similar to, to Raylan, whereas he, he's he's always definitely going out looking for trouble, trying to right the wrongs. But then there's uh, obviously he's you know standing up as a, a beacon, so other people are trying to stand up to take him down. So it's it's back and forth, um, and you know a perpetually tormented character. But at the end, he's still human. He doesn't have a healing factor, et cetera. Although, you know, you would hazard a guess that somebody who goes out and does that much crime fighting is going to be injured if he is sincerely human. Um, <laughs> but it ends up being something where through many different incarnations, through many different facets, like it, it's um, something where contrary to like Superman standing up for truth, justice in the American way, like Batman is the one getting his hands dirty. Batman's the one, you know, dealing with the ugly truths, dealing with like cleaning up the, the gutter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like, he's he's not the, you know, the, the shining beacon that, um you know, is, is on the cover of newspapers and everything, you know, showing his face, et cetera. He's, he's wearing that mask because that's who he is and that's who like who uh, like he can't show himself uh, in the light of day because that's where uh, he definitely is like the rawest of human emotions and and all of that. So um, it's, it's similar to my number one. It's one that I I definitely identify with. Um, But uh, uh, just one that uh, again, for me, it was, it was a number two all the way for, for Batman.
1: Oh man, that's awesome! Batman, Wolverine, yeah, tape them to tape those action figures together. Super toy. I, I wish
0: <laughs> I, I wish I still had them now, or else I would.
1: <laughs> My number one, um, I believe is so most Let's do likely...
0: a, a quick recap first, though, before we jump yes. into that. So, your number ten was Haley Stark from Hard Candy. Yes. Number nine, Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Uh, yeah. number eight, Alexandra from Tangerine. Uh, number seven, Miles Morales from The Current Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, Lost in Translations, uh, Charlotte. Yep. Uh, number five, uh, Bart from Blazing Saddles. Uh, yep. Number four was Dr. Wilbur Daffodil Eleven Swain from Kurt Vonnegut Slapstick. Uh, number three was Ponyboy Curtis from The Outsiders. Uh, yep. And number two was Golden Boy's Kentaro OA. Yep.
1: And, uh... Mm-hmm. My, uh, my number one is arguably probably the most mainstream. Uh, but, um, that's just a character that I've had to, I've, uh, come across a few times in life now. Um, and it's, uh, the great Gatsby's Jay Gatsby. And, um, I just love the, um, story, the story that of his, that basically gets captured by Nick, um, with his love affair of Daisy and, um, just the lengths that he goes through to reunite with her is absolutely insane. Um, You know, he's, uh, he's aloof, but he's like definitely charming in in ways too. And it's just one of those characters where um, you really see the buildup and breakdown of a man who just wants to be with one person. um, And ultimately it just, all kind of falls apart um which i feel that's fair i can give spoilers on a book that's almost 100 years old so yeah um <laughs> um i i um really just like uh everything about the uh just there's so many things about this character and fitzgerald's um uh capturing of him through nick's eyes is really just really smart um because the story wouldn't be the same as if it wasn't um if it wasn't someone else just witnessing this train wreck that's happening um and it's very sad and um just one heck it's just one heck of a character uh that arguably has stood the test of time i feel um some folks like to say that it's just a old-timey soap opera but I, I feel there's more happening there than than just that and especially with gatsby um it's it's a, a theme that plays now to um even where you see people um desperately tracing some kind of, just in general some kind of d- dream and presenting them ways in a very certain way or a specific way to try to obtain that but they're not being true to themselves and it ends up all just falling apart
0: that's, that's one where, uh, I think I I've had the book multiple times and, uh, had the chance and opportunity to read it, but I just never got around to it. I, I didn't see the movie, um, because I wasn't, I hadn't read the book and that was one where, uh, having it better, like you said, being around for close to a to hundred years, um, <laughs> it was something where I, I think that would be one I I'd want to read the book first before doing anything else. Um, uh, similar to, uh, Lord of the Rings when, when that was being made when I was in college. Um, but yeah, that, that's one where, uh, some other friends have, have mentioned, um, that being a, one of their exceptional, uh, kind of stories, uh, and one that they, they definitely want to, to kind of see and, and kind of just resurface as far as the, the book itself, uh, let alone the, the movie. So, uh, that's, it's, uh, it's an interesting take on, on that and kind of, I, I expected you to be in that realm for characters uh and, and kind of your number one um i i didn't know where you would end up but that was a that was a, a good one for me to see where uh, kind of <laughs> a, a good a good literary pull from what i was expecting
1: yeah um so do you want to go through your uh top your top uh, i guess the 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 top nine or, or yeah, so those, so those... 10
0: through two for me uh i've got Raylan Givens from uh, from Justified um, on FX, uh, Veronica Mars uh, from the the, the same uh, the same TV series, Veronica Mars, uh, Leia Organa from Star Wars, uh, Ron Weasley from Harry Potter. Uh, number six is Gabriel Alone from the. Uh, uh, Daniel Silva series, uh, Gabriel Alon series, uh, of, uh, many different books, um, Hermione Granger from Harry Potter, uh, Randall Graves, uh, from the Kevin Smith Viewisk universe, clerks, clerks Two, um, Wolverine from all over the Marvel universe, uh, Batman from all over the DC universe. Um, so there is a, uh, um, a theme for mine that is very, uh, comic heavy or very uh you know comic universe heavy um whereas uh uh the somebody some of your list is is uh different movies and, and kind of different characters from these different movies uh, mine tend to be you know very similar but they all tend to be of the same realm or same style of characters mm-hmm. um and as soon as we were doing this even like the first time you mentioned it i knew this character was going to be my, my number one um uh, based on the character in the movie that originally played him um but it's also uh, it was previously written by uh, James O'Barr as a, a graphic novel, um, and you know existed before the movie. Um, but then uh, has had a couple sequels since, then. sequels are okay. Um, I own the box set; I still love to watch them, um, but they're you know nowhere near as as popular as the original. Uh, many different follow on books, uh, graphic novels, novels, etc. Um, but the character is the Crow. Um, okay, All so. Right. This is, uh, the movie, so I'll recap the movie here as that main character, uh, and, and then kind of just use that as time box because, again, it is the character that, that kind of grows outside of that, but it's, um, there's a, a, young musician that, uh, he, uh, he ends up getting killed, um, and essentially his, uh, his girlfriend dies as well, um, but he's, they get basically jumped by a gang, uh, in essentially post-apocalyptic Detroit, um, But he gets jumped by a gang. Uh, He's paralyzed while he watches the gang uh, sexually assault his his girlfriend. Um, She dies uh, basically right away uh, after the assault. Um, And then uh, he dies later on in the hospital. Um, But what ends up happening is just based off of the uh, the kind of the love for his girlfriend um, and technically at the time fiancé, because it, during flashbacks to the movie, you, you see that they're, they're engaged, um, and then through kind of the rage he has to avenge her death, um, there's this, uh, mystical crow that essentially brings him back to life, um, so he's, he's resurrected by this crow, um, and is essentially is the the spirit similar to ghost rider the spirit of vengeance um and so this is uh this is a you know a different take on that and and not uh basically rec- reclaiming things for the devil um but basically re- just reclaiming things for the the spirit of, of the person there um and so he ends up having um uh he ends up having uh superhuman powers um and he he has the ability to basically uh when he gets shot he's he can just you know shake off the the bullets um and he's uh much more deranged than when he was before he died um but just a lot of what he does he comes back and like he's again the he's searching for the ultimate good in um in everyone who he can help even though like he hates himself for being in the situation he's in um so he's constantly looking to overcome what he thinks he's responsible for which is not even his own death, but the kind of the death and the assault of his girlfriend and the person he loved most in the world um, and and so that is uh the kind of the penultimate character for me, like I said, where it was, it was a no brainer for me kind of coming into this, um, where the, the movie is, is one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, played by Brandon Lee. Unfortunately, that was a movie that he also died on when he was filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, you know, many scenes in there that, that he just nails. Um, one of my favorite soundtrack songs is from that movie. Um, it can't rain all the time and it just, it nails the character to a T. Um, I've got, you know, a graphic novel in, in my, uh, case right now that i still need to read that i picked up at c2e2 last year um that is supposed to be a a very good um uh reboot for the character uh but it's just one where it to me out of all of comic and kind of time space uh comic universes um to me this is like the, the most real character because i've never really had a a fond grasp of uh, you know, religion and death and afterlife and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's something for me that, uh, you know, you can see it there. Um, as far as being able to, to kind of have the, the transcendence from the physical world into metaphysical kind of afterlifey <coughs> stuff. Um, and just kind of the, when you, when you say people exist uh, after, after they're gone, it still kind of gives you that feeling and, and the way the crow, um, really works as a guide is the one that imbues eric with the power um and then you know does the same thing for other people who are in similar situations um is is very interesting and uh i love the you know the makeup the visual effect of the character um and that's i've never dressed dressed up for for comic cons or anything like that but that's always a character i wanted to do a take on um I've seen a couple that, that were really well done. Um, And so that, that'll be interesting to see if I ever do that. But yeah, this is definitely uh my favorite character kind of across all of fiction, across all of media. Um, And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of uh horrible interpretations of it, but that's just also based <laughs> off of, you know, very low budget going to it. Um But it's also something where it's, you know, it's something that, that has been done right and has been very underprivileged. I mean, some of the stars of the spinoffs have been Edward Furlong, uh kirsten dunst uh or kirsten dunst um and i mean there's uh, there's just a lot of you know bigger name actors um that have have kind of played in sequels here that you know nothing about just because they were kind of uh met critically acclaimed but they still play well to the character and kind of the uh original kind of source of of the character so um for me that was that was definitely a (laughs) no-brainer
1: And I'm so glad you uh, you included the crow there because I have a fun crow anecdote at least about the movie. Um, one of my acting professors at Western um, always uh, every every few weeks would go on a tirade um, about how he uh, was up for the role uh, for the same um, as the same thug or goon that shoots Brandon Lee in the movie. Oh, nice. And so he's always a tirade. He's like, if I, if that was me, that wouldn't have happened. He would still be alive. Yeah. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, okay. And that was every, every so often. Um, That dude was a trip.
0: And so it's interesting where also another little anecdote there is uh, a long time ago I was down in Wilmington North Carolina doing one of their movie tours there and it's mentioned where um one of the scenes where Eric is sitting outside playing guitar on the the steps um he ends up that being one of the uh one of the random like uh uh alleys in Wilmington because they, they were shooting some of that. And at the time, like North Carolina still had a very vibrant, uh, movie studio down in the Wilmington area. Um, I think that was the screen gem studio at the time. Um, and so it's just like, I, I go and rewatch that. And then like every so often when I am at, uh, um, when I have been to to Wilmington, I've, I've always just, you know, tried to, to catch back and, and go back to the, the same spot. Cause that was one of the the, the scenes that they filmed before he had died on the film. So that was a kind of a cool anecdote as well. Yeah. Look at that. We've look, look, got, got some crow stories. Caw. Caw. So, uh, so that, that wraps us <laughs> up through, uh, through 10 of each of us. And we probably doubled up on the, on the time that I expected us to, which is, which is not bad though. Cause that's kind of uh, what I expected to happen too, where we had some kind of good discussion for each of them. Um, the quick kind of 11 through 14 for me, uh were uh and whether or not you claim these to be honorable mention or they just didn't make the cut, um were just Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy Seven, um, the Doctor from Doctor Who, elizabeth Salander from the the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, um, and then Boba Fett from Star Wars. So there's a lot there, uh that, you know, go into and, and kind of delve into. Um, but they were just kind of the top 10 I had where that's where I just drew the line. I just couldn't make that delineation because there wasn't enough to kind of say these characters are here or there. Um, but those for me felt stronger than just an honorable mention um, for some of this stuff. But uh, that's where uh, kind of where I was at for, for some of these. Uh,
1: my honorable mention uh, is just one. Um, it was uh Jordy LaForge. Mm-hmm. from next next generation um i i didn't feel like uh I, I wanted something a little bit more uh i wanted something that was ultimately a bit more fun and uh, and campy on my list um but he he didn't quite make the cut um considering throughout seven 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 seasons of television he's memorable for um and they really start, they don't start building him up to like season, like late season three, uh, for that. And then he's just kind of, um, all over the place with Picard, uh, taking random, uh, <laughs> random episodes as it becomes the Patrick Stewart show, uh, closer to the end. Um, but his character is just so fun, um, and so memorable for me, especially as a little kid, uh, who, you know, um, when you don't see a lot of, um, diversity on on television you see more now um but you know in the 90s uh when i was growing up you know i'd uh, take my mom's little hairband and and put it across my eyes (laughs) and pretend i was a look like you know i'm I'm jordy uh but yeah um and i didn't feel like putting data uh data on a list um spiner does a great job but um i felt jordy was the more memorable uh uh, character there, especially because they they screw him something fierce in that in that throughout that entire series. Um you know, he's he's always he just wants to be happy and just wants, you know, it's simple it's just a simple chief engineer mm-hmm. who <laughs> who just wants to be happy and, and they never completely let him be happy. So
0: <laughs> he wants to, to stop catching shit the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: Um so that was pretty much my that uh, was pretty much my honorable mention there.
0: So the the one honorable mention I had that I knew wasn't making my list, but was one of the ones that, that came to mind first off, but just I couldn't put on the list based off, of, you know, just either depth or anything else of making the cut is uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius. Uh, so the, the main character from Gladiator, um, where I, I know this is kind of a, a character that is assembled across many other, uh, you know, historical figures, Um but just the way Russell Crowe initially plays him, um, you know, with the, the kind of the fall from grace where he had everything as a as a military gen military leader, um, essentially military general. Um, you know, he loses his wife, loses his son based off of um the uh kind of the 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 circumstance of some of the, the ruling party uh that just he didn't want to subside to um but then you know similar to some of the other some of the other pieces here with batman losing everything building himself back up by his bootstraps um fighting his way out of slavery etc there's you know much or there's less depth there as far as uh volume of, of backstory and everything but um it's just it's a it's another one of the, the movies where uh start to finish it's like he's always doing the you know what you think to be the the right thing um and then uh in the end of the payoff is that, you know, his friend who he fought for and fought for, uh, essentially his freedom, um, you know, is carrying on his story and, and, you know, saying that like, he will see him again in the afterlife, but not today. Um, because you know, he has his freedom based off of, of what they were doing there. So, um, that's one where that was as, as soon as I knew the crow was, was number one, I knew like Maximus was going to be in consideration for me. Uh, but I, I knew he was, uh, also going to be on kind of the, um, the, uh, he he was definitely on the bubble, so I, I have no problem keeping him on the uh, uh, on the honorable mention list. But uh, and not making the cut isn't a problem. So he's he's definitely an honorable mention for me because that's another movie uh, where it's no matter what I can kind of get into it and and recite the character uh, at the same time as as uh, you know Russell Crowe is going through it. So it's a <laughs> it's a it, it's one of my favorite characters of all time still.
1: That is awesome, and hopefully, like you know, folks get a little uh, um, a good intro to her psyche. Um, I do have I, I do have uh, uh, a thing for next week. I didn't know if we were gonna have time for it, but since we ran pretty long, I uh, I, I did go yard sale on last uh, this past weekend, and I found a N64 game uh, still sealed
0: awesome. in a box.
1: So I figured it would be fun to do a live uh, unboxing of an N64 game. Uh, the only reason is because the box is crushed to shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's no way I could fix the box with it, leaving it sealed. So yep. uh, it's not a terribly valuable game, but I thought it'd be fun to, to do that. So, um, we can, uh, we can do that next week. Uh, but I figured nothing's better than a, than an audio unboxing. So yep. uh, I feel like that'd be a, a good thing to break out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. That can, uh, that can kick us off next week and then we'll, uh, we'll go into, uh, Probably talking about. Uh, I guess we should, we're definitely due up for another uh, media swap there. Um, so I, I've got one here that uh, for you, uh, and then it may end up having a, uh, something else by by the time that rolls around. But uh, definitely uh, do for one of those again since that was fun the first time around. So that that should be some some good stuff for next week.
1: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking, I'm excited. I'm excited to to do some media stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get this list up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll put some links out to, to some of the stuff for folks. We we won't spoil it right on the blog post, since um, uh, or maybe I'll hide and actually do some work this time to actually have a, a header and or the uh, the teaser and and hide our list below the teaser, um, or just make you listen and, and just listen to timestamps for when we reveal it. So that could be something too. Um, but uh, uh, for uh, for Don uh, signing off this week, this is Rick. Um, this was a. Uh, definitely some some good insight into both of our psyches and, and gives me another reason to go back and watch some of these movies uh and hopefully uh use some some more things uh, to check out in, in your spare time as well so uh catch you guys later yep adios muchachos yeah.